Hey, coming at you from Mindset Center. Mindset Mindset Central. There we go. I'm so good at this. I've only been doing this for, what, three years? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, TF, that podcast you're listening to at this very present moment. Uh, it is an all-remote episode today, going back to the, mm. back to the past. Uh, with me, Riley, uh, we also have Milo in studio. Hello, yeah, it's me. I'm I'm holding things down in the TF studio, which is uh, rapidly falling apart uh, because our landlord is going bankrupt and thereby doing praxis on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, cla- the classics, a, a little bit of landlord self-criticism of destroying your own business. Um, we also have Hussein, who is recording on his big reel-to-reel uh, tape recorder at his pub. That's right. Uh, recording. I'm recording on a giant mini disc player from the Pie and Nonce, mm. uh, the best pub in Britain. Uh, and we're getting a van soon, which will say Nonce in big letters. Selling hot pies in all the village parks near you. Mm-hmm. And hiding under Hussein's bed, ready to eat his bones. Uh, it's Alice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm organizing a mob of Jungkook stands in order to mm. smash the windows of the Pie and Nonce. Uh, yeah. Yeah, young young cook was actually the third member of Big Cook, Little Cook. <laughs> That's right. And, it's actually and, how they rebranded Little Chef in Korea. Oh yeah, and uh, and, and smiling politely, it is uh, three-time returning champion Seamus Malikovzeli. Seamus, how's it going? Oh, it's going wonderful over here. Glad to be back on the podcast. Indeed. Mm. Um, so, look, uh, there's been some news today uh, on the day. Oh, of I recording. hate when there's that. Oh no! Uh, yes, it's the six-year anniversary. Fukuyama, it's happening again. It's the six-year anniversary of uh, the Tommy Needy Drinky tweet, uh, which yeah. I think we can all appreciate. Wait, oh, six no. years? That yeah. was twenty fourteen. Yeah, between yeah, apparently. Where have the years gone? And today has been yet another cromulent fuck crustable of a day. So but that is true. Uh, yeah. Wait, six years? Was it six years? I know it's an anniversary. <clears throat> it can't uh, be six. Anyway, it can't be that long, surely. Uh, yeah, no, you're Listen, right. Time, so time, time, time is really fake now. Six years ago. No, sorry, two years. It yeah. It's uh, the one I, year. I frequently get those mixed <laughs> up. Fuck me. We're dealing with very big brain Riley this evening. <laughs> uh, so, hey, also, here's some other news that's been happening. And I'm going to basically make a statement here that will be totally boxed, which is that if you wanted us to talk about the Labour Party today, You'll be disappointed because we are recommitting to our policy of not falling into the trap of discussing the British Labour Party beyond the following sentence. I don't think we have anything new to say about it. And instead of spending various amounts of money, money monthly on membership, you could, for example, better spend that cash subscribing to an OnlyFans or getting good at Clash of Clans or buying some lunar real estate. So with yeah. all of that it now sucks. done with... It's boring. So yeah. Next. So next. Stop to talking about it. Uh, with all that done with now, I'm going to lead us into our first bit of foreign policy news of the day. Mm. I'm afraid that Thomas Friedman has been proven wrong. How will he survive this? Thomas Friedman loves to get proven wrong. Um, where if, if you might know is uh, might know this guy because uh, in 1999 he said, "No two countries that both had McDonald's have ever fought a war against one another since each got its McDonald's." Mm. However, and no, many many countries have once gone again cucked by history. Yeah. Now, yeah. in this case, many countries that have gone to war both had McDonald's in them since now and since they got their wars. However, that was just proving him incorrect. 
proving him conceptually mm. con- so conceptually off base he can never be li- listened to again forever. The McDonald's Azerbaijan official account is now cheerleading the military taking of Nagorno-Karabakh. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar teaming up to murder Armenian civilians. Grimace wearing bandoliers and a headband. This is yeah. awesome. Oh, just that ima- rules. Just imagine the view from the end of history where you're like, no two countries that both had a McDonald's have mm. ever fought a war. And then like a little over 20 years later, McDonald's is actively being like, Nagorno-Karabakh is Azeri territory. We shall conquer it. <laughs> Say, yeah, the I mean, look, I mean, Bomb. I mean, say what you will, but I feel like Wimpy Burger would be a lot more neutral. Uh, yes, yeah. Spud you like would never call you an Armenian dog. Wimpy, <laughs> Wimpy Burger is a hardcore Armenian uh, <laughs> stand. Like, uh, Wimpy, Wimpy Burger is down I, there. I, I, I'm eager to get your, your point of view on this, what I think is basically not just the debunking, but the like and one street ball debunking of the democratic peace theory. I mean, to a certain degree, I mean, Friedman was debunked on this, you know, uh, 15 years ago when Russia went to war against Georgia, which also had its own McDonald's. I mean, F- Friedman has been faltering for, I-, I-, I personally think, years. And this Azari McDonald's thing kind of just seals the deal there. I mean, I don't even know. I don't, he said this back in what, like 1999, right? Yeah. 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 He had just spoken to a I Russian cab driver. It's, it's 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 not it's not based on a- mm. anything that would even make sense like conceptually like McDonald's are not ruled by corporate they're ruled by franchises locally mm. and one of those franchises inevitably uh, would be exceedingly anti-Armenian so yeah I don't even know yeah, most of them in Los Angeles yeah <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of time at this point do you reckon um, we could sell uh, Azari McDonald's T-shirts. <laughs> Oh, I think that's so many different ways of getting sued at once. Can I can I get the can I get the McGenocide, please? <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, what couldn't we sell in a T-shirt? But um, yeah, that's traditional. Right. So I think we have to ask: uh, Is this is is this the is this a conflict that could be ended by the bringing back of the McRib out of season? Ooh. Oh, mm. I mean, I have been trying to speak to Ilham Aliyev about this. <laughs> mm. yep. I, think, I think if we can broker a peace between these two nations, I don't know. Maybe if we bring the Shamrock Shake back as well. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, might, might be too tall of an order. The the the, the Azeris are weirdly very pro Irish. Um, <laughs> uh, big, big St Patrick's Day celebrations over in uh, Baku. That's right. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was that was a, a very fun little development. <laughs> Just, you know, Friedman's so cool. Like he just all he does these days, uh, like post Iraq, is he goes to a country, sees a billboard, makes up a conversation with a cab driver, and comes back and writes it up. It's beautifully efficient. I I I respect the grift very much. I, I do but love that- the Thomas Friedman. I do love the Thomas Friedman. I've read most of the articles that he's published since like post Iraq. Not not my own volition. Every single article that he's done is wrong. It's really incredible. <laughs> like most writers, bad writers, they have like one that's like, okay, like I get it. Very small. But no, Friedman, props to him. Every single one, catastrophically wrong. He's, he's writing it ironically. He's, he's, he's a, yeah, he's a performance right. artist. Yeah. Oh, he wrote right. his he's articles like a, as like negatives. A, he was supposed to develop them into the correct opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, which all, word do you like now? Together. Together. Which, 
No, which the Azari McDonald's. No, that's just good. just joking. It did not. Um, so hey, I want to leave. Uh, I want to. I want to leave the McDonald's drive-through and go to the startup drive-through though, uh, because boy, <laughs> have we I have startups at home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're we're not getting we're not going to get McDonald's. We have startups at home. Uh, the startup this week is called Mind Labs. Called what? Uh, mind Labs, all one word. Mind for mind. mind? Labs. Wasn't that labs. that thing? Wasn't that that thing that you had the like oh, big Lego. yellow Game Boy looking thing? Yeah, and you plug it into your Lego set and you could like code on it. Yeah, I feel like uh, there are ten things already named Mind Labs. Well, it's all, right. good, all mm. of them are owned by Lego. Yeah. It's good news for all of you that I happen to have a little bit more information. Uh, it okay. was founded by a media duo. Uh, Adnam Ibrahim and Gabor Sedlak, who previous Sedlak, sorry, who previously ran mm. the VC-backed automotive phenomenon called Car Throttle, which is apparently bugged okay. cars. Ibrahim, <laughs> um, uh, the co-founder, said, uh, "and quote, having run a media company in a tough market with a young millennial workforce, we witnessed firsthand how there was a complete lack of investment in helping this generation with their mental health in a way that they're used to, a community product that is mobile first and video led." We want to make the world oh, no. a happier place by making working on your mental health as normal as going to the gym. So I'm asking oh, you, no. I'm asking oh, you, based on that quote, brain training. So I'm asking you, based on that quote, what do you think makes this epidemic of mental health startup worthy of inclusion? Because we've seen these a million times <laughs> and a million of them do it normal. And I would like real guesses as to what you actually they, think they this product absolutely is. absolutely do not do this normal. It's going to be like... It's on your phone, obviously. Uh-huh. But there you go. It's just, is it just going to like pair you with some other asshole with depression and you have to like be each other's therapist? Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, univer- it's basically what, like mutual aid, but therapy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> therapy exactly. Chat roulette. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a thing sooner or later. Uh, I um, want to see. Here's some more guesses. Chatterpy. Wait, wait. What, where, where is this startup based? Can I ask that? Oh, you can. It's based in Britain. Oh, okay, basically. Okay, okay, okay. That that unlocks a whole new fucking panoply of fucked vibes. Okay. Is it an app that gives you like a um like a cameo from a celebrity to cheer up your mental health? So you get like you you log that you're depressed and then Prince Harry is like, listen, mate, when I was like, it's it's gonna be Danny Dyer. Yeah. It's gonna be Danny Dyer telling telling him to stop being so sad all the time. Yeah, you slag. Yeah. Um, You fucking mug, you shot. You gotta cheer up, mate. <laughs> you gotta sort it out. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be something completely non-functional. I think it's gonna be like like the DS game, like like the brain training DS games. But you okay. just like it's like a game where you, you try to tear out something from like your brain, and it's like sad. It's like just complete nonsense. It's like a game. So Seamus is the closest. I want to oh, hear wow. Hussein. Okay. I want to hear from Hussein, and then I'm gonna move on. Um. I was actually going to say something along the lines of Seamus, but I think that it has like, it's, is it like, a, it, I feel like it's, a, it could be like a gym related app, but it's one which like tracks your mental health somehow. Okay, yes, that's a big part of it. Never oh, skip okay. brain day. That's it. That's mm. what I was thinking. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's brain day for the gym. Yeah. Oh, it's being a, a centrist columnist. That's number one. That's a very good episode title. Uh, number yeah. two. Uh, okay, so I say Hussein and Seamus are pretty close. Um, I'm going to give you two more items <clears throat> that are going to give that are going to give you the um, should give the game away here. 
they are number one. They have decided they've they've claimed they are building the world's first live mental health platform, and they're branding themselves as hold on to something, the Peloton of mental health. No, oh, oh, no. no, come on, man. That's We're all getting sick. group therapy I mean, together. I mean, to be fair, the woman in the Peloton ad did genuinely look like she was going through some stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> She inspired so is me. that genuinely what it's going to be? Is it, is it group therapy then? It but like ranked therapy. group therapy? It is oh, group yeah. therapy. There is a tracked element that it tracks your mental health and it is gamified. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. You're, 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 you have almost all of it. You have almost all of it. You're missing the one. Is, is, it, is it most pay hilarious to group therapy? Can you pay extra for more gold coins? <laughs> so you get like better insights. Yeah, a clash like, of clans, but it's different personality disorders. Um, yeah, you're you're so close. You're missing the one key element. ADHD what could crush. Be, what could be the missing yeah. thing? Is it on the blockchain? No, is, no, no. I just I, I just keep I just keep going back to the same thing. But I always say about all these startups, which is like there has to be a phrenology component. Uh, let's just say there is something similar, but not literally phrenology. I'm gonna give you one more. I'm gonna. Hopefully, this will be it. It's a really stupid gimmick. That do you have any idea how little yeah, that, that narrows it down? That is the entire point of this podcast. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. So, two of the main ways. This is from their marketing documentation. Two of the main ways the Mind Labs platform differentiates itself from other mental wellness apps is the combination of its video classes, the so group therapy sessions. That's right. And mm-hmm. it's EEG headband, which it calls a halo. No, no, <laughs> no, no. What how the is, fuck? How is, how is that not phrenology? Like, is this measure, is this like taking measurements of your brain's activity? Yeah, right? that's what I mean. Like, that's why I say you were like, so close. And like making it into like maps and stuff. I don't know, like kind of, kind of like, I don't know, like the fucking Nike run app, but for your mental health or something. What does this EEG headband look like? Is it like styled nicely? Oh, very much so. It's a very it's one you could wear uh, to the boardroom or the discotheca. Great, goes well. Goes well with my shirt. Yeah, that's right. Um, So uh, the halo measures signals like heart and respiration rates that can help show users how effective their sessions are or how horny you are. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah, you can link it. You can pair it to your chastity cage, which has been locked. Ever since that zero day vulnerability. Wait, so, do, so do you yeah. get like a medal or a special badge if like you have a panic attack during one of these <laughs> sessions and like your heart starts uh, like mm. going pumping like crazy? Uh, well, uh, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> can you can you hook it up to a trigger pod so you can see how triggered you are at any given moment? <laughs> so they say Mind Labs uh, basically. So basically, like Peloton classes, you kind of sign up. It's like a live class or pre recorded or whatever. Uh, Mind Labs plans to build community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they say, yeah, it's like choose Pre- your own adventure. Like if you're feeling sad, turn to page 132. <laughs> well, they tried this. They tried this very recently with GPT three, and the result was that like trying to do AI therapy results in an AI that just tells you to kill yourself. And I mean, it's an AI that's right. <laughs> but like genuinely they had they had the um the fake patient ask I'm I'm really sad uh and, and it's like oh that's bad how can I help and the patient's like I feel like I want to kill myself should I kill myself and the AI is like yeah 
do yeah, whatever you feel. Care. That's self care. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's right. this is a, this is kind of the problem with mental health discourse, right? Is that it, everything that people say about mental health has now become so meaningless that like an AI telling you to kill yourself is like the logical conclusion of it. <laughs> like, hey, some, sometimes, yeah, hey, run a bath, light a candle, slit your wrists. Why not? Yeah, sometimes people do that to cope, and you know you That's have to okay. do whatever self care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cut so, toxic I- relatives out of your life by killing yourself. <laughs> check this out. Check this out. <laughs> During live streams, instructors will welcome new subscribers and mention existing user achievements. After each workout, <laughs> users will get results on a screen that they can share with the rest of the class. Wow, that's cool. So, Getting my like uh, four thousand day chip for not killing myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, well, uh, I'm gonna. It's it seems very Jonestowny or oh, almost like Synanon, doesn't it? Like sort of like a really mm. nice Synanon. But yeah, you have the you have you kept your heart rate the lowest. Here's here's a badge. Everything about this is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Actually, I I love. Mm-hmm. It, I've to been be saying this. All yeah. of my friends have been saying this. We've all been saying together this. This is fine. This is so fine. Yeah. In this fact, we've great. all been chanting it in a way that I would describe as very normal, while holding hands and circling a big punch bowl. Uh, That's right. So, uh, before we pass out the flavor aid, I have a few more bits of information. Mm. Um, instead of categorizing videos by technique they're trying to teach, like meditation, breathing, or visualization, Mind Labs decided to sort them into issues that users want to cope with, like anxiety, mm. relationships, motivation, or addiction. For example, cool. overcoming COVID anxiety or coping with stress at work. I think you could probably huh. add there overcoming climate anxiety. Let me just put huh. on my little plastic yeah. hat that makes me feel better about all of the things <laughs> that are coming to end civilization. Everything is, is fine. This is we the thing, right? Like, surely hat. these days, like working on the suicide hotline must be a harder job than it presumably was previously because a lot of the people phoning in just have like very reasonable reasons. And it's mm-hmm. like difficult to be like, no, you shouldn't kill yourself. And they're like, when they start going through like the climate catastrophe and everything, you got to be like, yeah, fair enough. It's, it's well, rational. Funny, funny you should mention that. They say, oh no, oh no, uh, <laughs> no, put the lathe down, Milo, please, for fuck's sake. Don't, don't finish this. Well, basically, seeing the what they call alarming statistics in young adult suicide rates and depression, the Mind Labs guys who used to run mm-hmm. uh, BuzzFeed for cars. Uh, decided oh, to. Fuck. <laughs> fuck was it just called Buzzfeed for cars? It was. This was car throttle. What does, what does, what does that? What does that mean? It, it's know. like Jalopnik, except nobody read it. <laughs> but it had a lot of venture capital money. Unlike Jalopnik, isn't it? It wasn't. Isn't that just kind of like uh, when Jeremy, what's his face? Uh, fuck. Um, Jeremy Corbyn. His name? Have you? I actually for- yeah. I've forgotten the name when of Jeremy like- Corbyn hosted Top Jeremy, Gear. Yeah, 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 Jeremy Clarkson when he um when he had his mm. own like website about kind of cars and back got like a ton of venture capital money in, despite the fact that like it now just like promotes conspiracy theory like it's related stuff. Last time I checked, cars. Yeah, well, that's right. The- these guys turned their bu- venture capital backed BuzzFeed for cars uh, into mm. a uh, a, th- a thing that solves the problem in young adult suicide rates and depression with a little plastic hat. And then a badge that says that your heart rate is low. I cannot stress enough how fine this is. All of you are overreacting so much to this thing that is fine. That classic (laughs) measure of depression, heart rate. So, for example, the number of concurrent users in a class will be displayed, along with a live feed showing subscriber achievements, like the number (laughs) of minutes spent in a, quote, calm state that other people can then react to for positive reinforcement. Can we get some calm emotes going in the chat? (laughs) <laughs> hype, hype train on the therapy stream. 
So basically, it's like a heated therapy moment. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think that if you walked up to these guys and sort of tugged on their faces like a Scooby Doo mask, it would just be two Adam Curtises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and uh, don't worry, it's also funded by like four different VC funds. So, uh, yeah, basically, course. you remember how you people used to say that as a consumer, you can like vote with your feet, so to speak, and mm, spend money yeah, on vote this with stuff your brain, brain. Uh, vote yeah. with your dollar, so to speak. Um, well, uh, in this case, because companies like this are so venture capital backed that they could basically go on forever, uh, you can't do that. Uh, it's basically being imposed on you. <laughs> so, yeah. guess what? Uh, cool. The little plastic hat to fight, uh, you know, I'd say multiple interlocking and overlapping crises uh, is not going away. If anything, there will be more of it. All of these and companies they just mandatory. Love, they just love something that like wires into your brain. We've done so mm. many startups that have like a weird like brain hat you have to wear. Well, also, Imagine having to like wear multiple of them at once, like their old toolbars on like Netscape Navigator. <laughs> so what? Just, just your dad comes in with like three, including one. Yeah, just like, like three different hats that are yeah. each measuring his brainwaves on but, like, balanced one, on top of each but, other. Like one that's subliminally advertising to him. <laughs> yeah, dad, you put on the it's advertising hat. you a different brain hat. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Uh, Seamus, what do you what what do you think about sort of the total the total view of Mind Labs, uh, the plastic hat that's supposed to solve all these problems? I mean, I'm sorry to say this because it seems very pessimistic, um, but I don't think that we're going to come out of this next year with uh, mental health solved. Uh, what? <laughs> I, I think it's going to increase as the years goes on. And I don't think that a, a Peloton for therapy uh, is going to alleviate it even a little bit. Seamus, I think your I think brain I, hat gonna, is I'm telling me that controversial. I know I, people don't want me saying this. I know that they don't want me saying this, but I think people like being in the same room as other people and talking about your problems. I don't think they like doing it over a screen that much. Boo. No. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm detecting a lot of very negative vibes from your brain hat. The thing is, I don't think it's like I don't think it's like a screen thing because obviously, like in the wake of the pandemic, lots of therapy has sort mm. of gone virtual, and like I think that even though the dynamic is different, like the one to one, like having one to one conversations or even just like short group conversations for like group therapy, like that's a very different dynamic to what this is, which is effectively like recognizing that people have these sort of anxieties. And the conclusion coming from that being, well, what we'll do is we'll try to like artificially uh, reduce how your heart, like reduce your mm. like blood pressure or heartbeat. And also we'll take a lot of that data and we might do some stuff with it, mm. which is like effectively yeah. what Peloton does with like exercise and stuff. Right. But with exercise is very much like, you know, um, it's, it, it's not as like intimate or as uh, requires uh, the same level of vulnerability as this. So in a lot of ways, this is actually like one of the most, in my, I would argue like this is probably one of the most sinister apps, sinister oh, like yeah. startups that oh, we've for reviewed sure. for like a while. Yeah, but it's, what's interesting is that it's trying to inculcate the same kind of feelings that you have about sharing your data with exercise in mental health. Like you're going to like have bragging rights that you were very calm that day. Mm. And that's very fucked. Yeah, yeah. That's some of the, yeah. that's like only Britain could produce a startup this fucked vibes. Genuinely. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's uh it's it's what I also think is the thing to remember whenever you see stuff like this, especially especially if a startup claims to have some kind of greater social purpose that are trying to change the world for a better place, all of that venture capital money 
is human is is sort of stored up human labor that is directed towards doing this that could be doing something else. So, how many more mm. like you know uh, youth suicides do you think you would pre- you would prevent by just say I don't know bumping up like just giving that giving no, out that money? No, there's people. nothing else we could have spent this money on. Yeah. How much mm. money has this like raised? By the way, uh, hang on. I'm sure me... it's not a huge amount. I mean... <laughs> Let me look. Yeah, I mean, mental yeah. health services are kind of underfunded at the moment, so I wouldn't imagine that they've raised yeah. like a lot. And it's been useful yeah, exactly. because since I've been wearing this brain hat, it's made me a lot more pro Azeri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm increasingly sectarian in my views, but I'm much happier. Um, so it's still at pre seed right now. Uh, it's only raised a couple million. But like <laughs> that's a couple million through. Yeah, sure, okay, pocket yeah. change. Yeah, mm. that's a couple million that's also been channeled through multiple funds, yeah. and it's being heavily promoted Give that money by these to funds. us. So like, I don't know. I I see that like all that ha- all that Mind Labs has to do is sign one deal mm. with one big company that they're going to be like giving it away as a benefit or whatever. And those big yeah. companies have like we have to make mental health pledges as part of our new social responsibilities or whatever. And so then all of a sudden. That big sale to that one company, where this will probably never be used except by you know freaks and weirdos, um, is then going to make this company more valuable. Or people who are made to by their boss. Indeed, like, yeah. If if your like if your workplace like wellness policy like offers this in a very like capital O offers sort of way, you're gonna be kind of pressured to put on the brain hat. Yeah, and then show everybody how calm you are uh, while mm. signing the uh, card that says you'll never join a union. It's it's not constructive dismissal if we use your brain hat data to show that you're not very calm at work these days. Mm. Your brain hat is showing worrying Armenian tendencies. <laughs> a chilling sign of things to come. Uh, yeah. But hey, I want to move mm. beyond uh, the startup a little bit. Uh, I want to go. I want to talk about how good the Monroe Doctor is. I've just got this shirt. It says Monroe Doctrine number one fan, and I'm wearing a big foam <laughs> finger. This is Monroe Doctrine forever. Um, <laughs> plus, I've just inve- invested quite a bit of money in a company that makes both of those things. Seamus, uh-huh. how rich am I going to be? So, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm asking you how the Monroe Doctrine... brain hat going. switched off for a moment there. <laughs> sorry, I'm asking you, how is the Monroe Doctrine going? Because we're switching gears to Bolivia and Chile. Oh, okay. I just... <laughs> sorry. Um, um, well... Uh, Nate, I mean... Can you please make that topic switch a little bit cleaner? I mean, I think, I think the Monroe Doctrine's working pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know... Uh, we got we got a really really uh, we got a really pro American guy that just got into Bolivia. Uh, his name is uh, Louis Arce, mm-hmm. uh, and he's from the uh, Mas Alliance. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming it's something uh, pretty pro capitalist. Don't know. Uh, yeah. Movi- Movimento uh, Americano Supremo, probably. I think it stands oh, for uh, mainly allies of Silvercorp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, so. Uh, and I, I, what seems to have happened is that their uh, degenerate liberal former prime minister, uh, president rather, uh, has been um, uh, removed in an election uh, by uh, f- uh, finally a government that will stand up for America and will uphold the Monroe Doctrine. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Let's um, go round hey, of for that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was that was another a fun sketch mm. by the Trash Future players. Uh, I no, thought we really. Well. 
Yeah. And we scene. Are, yeah. We are, are <laughs> we're moving on. We're discussing uh Bolivia, Chile, South America, um places upon Just which talking Shavis- to Elliot Abrams like, but you <laughs> love blood. <laughs> uh, we love a nurse uh, uh, sketch reference yeah <laughs> uh so we're speaking here to seamus uh, about exactly what's going on in south america yeah um, seamus what's going on in south america would you say that uh che guevara lives that the the spirit of the people is eternal and will never be defeated and that it's time for the great satan to finally renounce its claim on latin america or like not that Ah, the great Satan, Armenia. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say somewhere in the middle. I'm gonna say somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Um, so recently, I think the biggest story is uh, right now out of Bolivia. Um, after months and months and months of delays uh, for the election, uh, pushing it back three times, uh, mass protests by working class people to force Ginianias uh, to have the election, uh, blockading cities, um, uh, really just mobilizing the population uh, against the right-wing uh, coup government. Um, finally, d- despite all of the odds being stacked against um, Mas, uh, Louis Arce won the election, uh, not by a little bit, but by a pretty significant amount, 55%. And uh, the next candidate with uh, 29%. Um, absolute majority. Um, even if all the other right wing candidates had united under one roof, Louis Arce would have still won. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plans to be inaugurated, I believe, uh, 10 days from now. Um, so it's all moving pretty quickly. However, mm-hmm. um, we cannot have everything in this world. Um, pretty soon oh, no. after. I was hoping we uh, could. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're told a lot of things as children. Um, about two days after the election happened, um, there started to be rumblings uh, in the right wing um, talking about uh, that that dreaded word that uh, we all know and love. Uh, that's fraud in the Bolivian oh. election. Oh, no. uh, oh. Now, uh, listeners might be aware that uh, back last year, uh, there was another accusation of fraud in the uh, Bolivia election, um, mm-hmm. one that became so widespread that it forced the police and the Bolivian army to, uh, quote unquote, ask uh, very nicely uh, Evo Morales mm. to leave. And so he did. Mm. Um, They're very and, passionately uh, anti-fraud, the Bolivian police and military. I will give credit where credit is due back, back last year. I'll, I'll give the Bolivian right wing credit. During that, even though no one is requiring me to, what I'm saying is that during in 2019, if even if you had it was completely false, completely false. But all right, the narrative is Moss is in power. There was a quick vote system that showed Carlos Mesa up, and they shut it off, and that means that Carlos Mesa actually won. Eva Morales lost. All right, that narrative, even though it's completely false, and it requires you not to understand the quick vote system at all. That at least made some sense, like if you had no concept of truth. But in this case, Moss is not in power. The right wing government is in power. The leader of Moss is in exile in Argentina. Moss mm-hmm. um, supporters are constantly prosecuted uh, and persecuted by um, the government. And yet somehow they rigged the election 
from somewhere, somehow, and the it's evidence, a masterstroke. It was, yeah. it's, it's really Evan Morales, his, his, his greatest, his greatest achievement. He's the Napoleon of crime. Well, yeah. what playing about, 25 yeah. dimensional chess, a thousand <laughs> was, moves ahead. Are you calling you? someone a Napoleon of crime? <laughs> <laughs> they used a similar technology to the CIA's heart attack gun, uh, which is uh, mm. the leftist political unfairness ray. Uh, which yeah. is that they, they made well, a bunch of shooting CIA officers with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you it's, can't it's combine the heart of... attack gun with the mental health helmet, though. <laughs> they freak each That's other right. out. The, the Bolivian left was able to use the heart attack gun and the mental health helmet uh, to commit fraud from uh, its basis of precisely no power. Yeah. Um, I assume that's, of course, the same sort of, you know, coterie of, of uh, perverts and weirdos is taking this seriously. Uh, actually, you would be surprised at how. Um... <sighs> desperate this is, I think is the uh -huh. right word for it. Um, so back in 2019, obviously, I mean, you had, you had the Bolivian right wing all united against Morales as kind of one front there. Um, you had the OAS, the incredibly powerful, um, you know, super national organization of Latin American states with the U.S. government's backing. Um, tons of nations, you know, demanding that Morales resign and hold new elections um, but now um, the OAS has affirmed the election is non-fraudulent. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, though strangely, um, all of the, side note, the jurisdictions um, that the OAS said were fraudulent, um, in this election, they all went more for mass than they did in the last election. Oh, uh, wow. Mass for mass. Um, yeah, so I, I imagine they probably, I mean, I imagine mass just probably did, they were like, well, it worked last time, we'll just do it more. Mm. Yeah, clearly, clearly, Mars is in the New England Patriots school of cheat, even when you're winning overwhelmingly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The OAS affirmed it as, as non-fraudulent. The UN affirmed it. Uh, Pompeo came out and said, "Oh yeah, we're we're looking forward to working with uh, Louis Arce. Uh, <laughs> democracy's returned." Mm. Um, so, and uh, Janina Añez uh, conceded the election very early on, uh, not even when the results were were. Certified, but when mm -hmm. the exit poll came out, uh, Carlos Mesa did the same. Um, right now, the force that is coming behind it, uh, for the most part, is uh, uh, Luis Fernando Camacho and uh, Crimos, his alliance, and uh -huh. the uh, Santa Cruz Civic Committee. His alliance um, of guys with German names. Alliance, alliance with guys with strangely <laughs> Eastern European, look, we simply have to bring back classic values like dignidad. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, they're, they're in they're in a bit of a difficult position because mm -hmm. Genia Anya's and the leadership, um, like Murillo, for example, they've all kind of. I mean, they're talking about how Mas and the return of Morales to Bolivia. Um, that means that there's going to be corruption and economic uh, destruction, but they've consigned themselves, at least for now, I don't want to mm -hmm. say that for sure, because they could obviously turn, turn against this. But for right now, they're saying that this is just kind of a horrible loss and that there needs to be some implication. There needs to be some sort of regrouping here. Um, yeah. But Camacho came out on the second night to say that while he wasn't questioning the authenticity of the results, um, he was strongly criticizing the quote-unquote lack of transparency from the Electoral Award. And though mm. he later accepted the results a couple of days later, um, his former group, the Santa Cruz Civic Committee, which is incredibly powerful in the uh, Santa Cruz Department, um, 
they are still doing this. They filed a uh, lawsuit unsuccessfully to stop the counting of the votes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been really uh, yeah. Sometimes pushing. it gets too democratic, and you have yeah. to stop <laughs> counting the votes. <laughs> and what's the, really the, the democracy thing was overloading. It was like Chernobyl. Yeah, and, what, and what, it's, what's really interesting is that all of them happen to win a, com- a, a competition in their Cheerios boxes. They've all won trips to Langley, Virginia. All expenses paid. <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. Just I, I, road I, I, trip. I imagine you'd need to be pretty naive to think that there aren't like several you know, chain burger restaurants in Florida where more guys aren't getting together and thinking, you know what? We could probably take it, right? We could really impress Trump. He'd like he'd have us to the White House like the football boys. Yeah, he'd buy he'd buy us a McDonald's. Let a million right. silver corpse bloom. I know. In pursuit um, of an Azari McDonald's. So I, I wanna I also wanna talk about like what's what's been happening with Anya's in in the in the wake of the election, but also in the run up to the election. Because Seamus, you mentioned this sort of persecution uh, of mass activists. Uh, there were uh, as I, as I understand it. Uh, there was the, that persecution got extraordinarily intense at points, uh, up to and including like extrajudicial killings that were uh, laid at the feet of the uh, interim government, whose job was to hold a bunch of elections, but also materially changed uh, foreign policy, domestic policy, uh, started privatizations on a bunch of stuff, and brought uh, and- a gigantic Bible into <laughs> the presidential yeah. palace. So, uh, Seamus, can you comment mm. on sort of what some of that was leading up to the election, which I think will give some color. Uh, to what we are going to say next. Um, well, um, to put it very, very, very politely, um, Gina Anya's, um has um, massacres on her hands. Um, I mean, back during the beginning of the, um, in the aftermath of the coup d'etat, uh, there were mass protests in places like Cochabamba. And in Cochabamba, um, the police were called in um, and what they essentially did in one instance, which is caught on camera, they flooded this protest with tear gas to which even though it was an open space, you could not escape it if you even tried. And within that tear gas cloud, they fired live rounds onto protesters. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of people were injured. Um, tens were killed. And in the aftermath of that specific massacre, um, Murillo, the interior minister, came on TV and was asked about it. And said, "Oh well, I guess they they shot themselves." Um, and then, Classic. I mean, it just kind of it continued like this, where they attempted to. I mean, after after those massacres, they attempted a more. Uh, I don't want to say something that's more polite, but something that was this more legal, where they tried to. Um, uh, uh, Crimos Camacho's party uh, filed a lawsuit to ban mass. Uh, the government did not interfere with that lawsuit at all. Um, though that was unsuccessful, um, uh, Anya's attempted to um, arrest Evo Morales on a bunch of charges. Uh, the first was terrorism um, mm-hmm. because of all the uh, the protesters um, blocking the cities in order to force elections to happen. Oh, um, because when people way, that's protest, happens- that's terrorism. But when you shoot the protesters, that's just doing government. That's shit. counter-terrorism. Yeah. Well, here's, right. here's the thing also, right? It, it, we talk about all of this, this, this violence, instability, genuine uncertainty leading up to the election. And uh, so, you know, I mean, anyone who's like, oh, I guess it was, wasn't a fascist dictatorship after all, because they definitely did have elections, just has, is one of these people that just is a goldfish who doesn't like, it was not able to synthesize. Yeah, they, were, they were forced to. Yeah, this um, was, they were forced into it. By the prospect it. of something, like, much more grinding. And they were forced into it, and they resisted that force with violence. Lethal violence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. 
And so, it strikes me as incredible that there are people who think that they somehow mass rigged the election when, like, they weren't in power. Like, how the fuck would you rig an election that you weren't in charge of? Well, if if you'd believe it, if you believe it, um, I read, I did the reason why I I was supposed to send um, Riley some notes about this beforehand, but I kept, I wanted to keep researching the articles that were published in Bolivian media to find, like, was there something I'm missing here? About the fraud like is there something deeper here that i'm missing maybe there's something gigantic like a piece of evidence here but even though it's a complete lie like they're holding on to something and there really isn't um <laughs> the one video that i got that was shown around a lot um but one that i found was that there was a there was a shot of someone uh, of a vote counter in full view of like reporters showing a ballot showing that uh, i think the intention was to vote for camacho um, but the X was out of bounds, so they they dropped it because um, that would be an invalid ballot. Um, but they use this evidence as, oh, they're throwing out Camacho votes. Like <laughs> they, they, it's chaos, but that was only one instance. And then in the lawsuit filed by the Santa Cruz Civic Committee, um, there were accusations that um, in certain small jurisdictions, there were but lots of them, there was turnout of over 100 percent. But also. Um, that evidence was not provided in any um, of the reports at all. It was kind of his claim. Um, um, so what I find really fun about this, right, is they're just making the same claim they did last time and being like, well, hope it sticks. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we, we didn't think of new. They're using even less than last time. And, and it, it, on top of that, and it's just, it doesn't, it, it's, I mean, there are still like thousands of people protesting. There are people blocking streets. There are people... Um, like, I mean, a person died in these protests. The head of the Bolivian Mine Workers Union was beaten to death by um, right-wing protesters over this. And the fraud has, accusations have never been so flimsy. They've never been so inane. They've never been so just complete nonsense. It, it doesn't make any sense if you think about it for more than a second. There was a, Look, yeah. Bolivia needs... Jose Pacho Moravech. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just one, 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 one other thing. I, this is the kind of illustrates it. Mm-hmm. There was an Eldebel, which is a tabloid, a right wing tabloid. that's very popular with the right wing. They interviewed mm. a protester in uh, Sucre. And she said she didn't want to give her name because she said she feared retaliation. Um, and she said that um, in her department, uh, Carlos Mesa had won. But mm-hmm. after, but after the results came out, it turned out that Arce had won, and the paper gave no supporting evidence, nothing. <laughs> this woman's statement that, oh yeah, like just believe me, the, source do Carlos, just trust believe me. women. Yeah, just trust That's me. Right. Carlos Mesa won the story. It, it, it's it's complete. Not it's just, I can't say it enough. It's no evidence. Absolutely so- no evidence. So also, I want to go back to uh, from the fraud thing as well, just to the sort of pre and the re, sort of in the repression that came, led up to the election that that was quite lethal. Um, Ginny Nanez is now, I think, quite rightly being prosecuted uh, for her involvement in in sort of the, this activity uh, as the leader of the state. And then she tweeted, uh, "Alice, please." Um, the mask recovers its habit of prosecuting those who think differently. That is why it must be reminded that democracy is not only the rule of the majority, 
Furthermore, it is the government adjusting the law and it's the government that respects freedom. So yeah, uh, extrajudicial murder. <laughs> these days, these days, if you f- merely fire mm. into crowds, you'll be arrested yeah. and put in jail <laughs> just for saying you're Bolivian. Janine Añez was quoted as saying, And what is the charge? <laughs> Enjoying an election? A succulent Bolivian election? Get your hand off my penis. You know you're well. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, have, I have a series of questions here, most notably... Given that it was the police and the military that ousted Mars in the first place, what are the odds that this is actually going to end with like actual material charges? How do you get the like organs of state violence back in line if you're Luis Arce? That's the thing. Um, I think I mean Mars retained its legislative majority um, that it had all throughout this, um, and it's the party that's obviously it's the party that is. Um, filing the charges in the first place to try to get this trial in place. But I think there is a significant risk. I mean, already, just today, there were mass protests by the right wing over the fact that um, the legislator made plans to shift um, all bills needed to be public passed with a two-thirds majority. Now it's for a half majority, like it is in most places mm-hmm. in the world. But because of that, there were mass protests by the right wing, and there were... Um, Newspapers like Pagina Siete talking about how Moss were uh, authoritarian mongers. Like any motion that Moss does is going to be met by um, intense furor. I think mm-hmm. now. So we're, of- we're not talking then about a sort of a, a Venezuelan style thing where step one is purge the military. Then much to my much to my sadness. No, I don't think. I mean. Evo Morales attempted, I want to say back in 2016, he attempted to start, I, I, I think the only term might just be re-education, but trying to inform military officers about anti-imperialist thought and trying to make it so without necessarily purging, like maybe, uh, for example, Erdogan might do, but just like trying to teach military officers about it to bring them more in line with uh, his ideology. And that obviously mm. did not work. It did not work at all, um, in any way, shape, or form. But oh, yes, Louis... Erdogan, I learned about him from my brain helmet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I, I, yeah, I think they're in a really delicate position here because even though the right wing is very fractured and doesn't have the support, at least right now, that of course could change. But they don't have the support right now of the OAS. They don't have the support of the uh, U.S. at least publicly, um, and the right wing itself within Bolivia um, kind of hates each other at the moment. Uh, Gina Añez and Camacho are not on very good terms um, mm. because of personal beefs um, that are incomprehensible to me. Um, the, the danger lies in the fact that the power within the right wing base is still very much there. They have the power to, even if they're not ultimately successful in maybe overthrowing Louis Arce if they wanted to implement a trial. Um, they could. They have the capacity to convulse the country if they want to. They have the ability to form a mob and start killing people. They have the ability to make things incredibly difficult for the Mossad government if they try to do anything. So mm-hmm. they're between a rock and a hard place here. I mean, Gina Anya's, we're all agreed, this woman is responsible for horrible things and would need to be prosecuted. But her prosecution would bring... 
it, it would just it might be too it might require just too much um hardship or to actually expending a great deal of political capital that could better be expended elsewhere essentially sure. and also there's yeah. also the risk right now even though I, I believe there's a law in the books preventing former government officials from leaving the country there is a significant risk that morillo uh, could leave and he was really responsible for the, for the massacres in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. he said to aldebert that um he would leave the country to go on vacation. Hmm. Um, which, yeah, Langley. You know, it's, he wanted to trip there. in his Cheerios. Yeah, um, yeah. I, there is definitely a danger that they could leave the country and then escape prosecution that way. And then mm. Moss could have it out that way where, oh, I guess they're gone. We can ask for extradition. He's going to a and, private and then, island with his inner circle to pretend that everything's normal just yeah. for a few days. No, what's <laughs> going to happen is he's going to move to America and then his like kids are going to be like, uh, like, uh, comedians on TikTok or whatever who then do a serious listen to Bolivians uh, series. Be very cool. Oh, They're all going to go to the new school. They're all going to oh, be going to become American Francis Foster. Yeah, Google um, Bolivia. Yeah, everybody, we're go- we're googling, we're googling. Yeah, um, bing it. Yeah, we're <laughs> bing it. Uh, bing so, it. so let's slap see. it into our Jeeves and educate yourself. <laughs> uh yeah so i i think like just to wrap up this um this segment on bolivia before we have what i can only assure you is the dessert of this particular episode um is uh essentially we have to ask ourselves right like you know and so this directed towards you you seamus um do, do we and, and this is also true for Chile, by the way, which has recently amended its Pinochet-era constitution that hard-coded neoliberalism into and, the governance and of the country. And burned down the National Cathedral of the Police, which, wow. uh, yeah. So, uh, but the, my question here, right, is these are, how durable do you think these changes are? Right, like, if you could, if you can sum it up. Um, I'm sorry to say that, at least right now, I don't think that they're very durable. Um, Louis Arce is going to be, he has the majority of people behind him, obviously, that was proven at the polls, but he is still very much at the mercy of right-wing forces that are waiting to pounce on him immediately, should he do anything wrong. Um, if he walks this tightrope, then he might have the power to make a future mass administration or maybe another term other administration much more durable but this first these first few months are going to be very difficult for him i think regardless of what he does or what he, what he doesn't do so Indeed. um well i think that that give, wraps that up in a nice little bow uh and we shall be looking with interest to see sort of how things develop in that region because right now there are a lot of places to give us a lot of hope um, but South America. No, right, sure right now, won. I am merely thinking of the time when Fidel Castro went to meet Salvador Allende and gave him a gold-plated Kalashnikov. <laughs> cool. Uh, mm. let, we're going to wrap up here with some with some real dessert. This is pure dessert. Um, also, Ooh, some dripping uh, custard for listen for for Patreon subscribers. You'll know exactly who we're talking about uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon. Um, I think maybe we'll subscribe from the Labour Party and sub to the Patreon. That's yeah. right. Uh, maybe we'll do subscribe to the Patreon. Maybe we'll like put this this segment on YouTube or something. Yeah, this is just yeah. too good not to talk about. Invest your bolivars in the Trash Future Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so we all remember Bond King and famed son hater Bill Gross, right? 
Oh, hell oh, yeah. The coolest guy we've talked about. Wild while. Bill Gross. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I learned up on him. Riley messaged me in the middle of the night to tell me to listen to the Bill Gross episode. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> Which <laughs> him is probably a better time. That's right. No, I'm, no, no, he also oh, does oh, that. Okay. But Riley, why have you included this picture of your dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill Gross. That's what I call it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Bill Gross, uh, basically Bond King of the 1980s, uh, billionaire, basically kind of went crazy in 2015, had an acrimonious split with his firm, uh, and then um, hates, hates his, his son. <laughs> hates his son and also the rest <laughs> of his family. <laughs> Yeah, and he also life, continues yeah. generously funding his son. Yeah, mm. he's a cool so guy cool. who does business. Uh, so he, there's an article that came out in the LA Times recently that I thought was so delightful, which is that uh, investor. There's the headline: Investor Bill Gross accused of blaring the Gilligan's Island theme song <laughs> on loop, specifically to Cormac neighbor. <laughs> awesome! The coolest guy we know. Dude's rock. <laughs> God, if we could have him on the left, huh? How cool would that be? Mm. I, I, I know left-wing billionaire completely impossible, but just that level of just spike-driven like madness. Yes. Yeah, left-wing adjacent billionaire. Yeah. I'd so, even take lib billionaire. If this guy, like, you know how George Soros or, like, Warren Buffett, like, kind of get touted as these, like, left-wing billionaires? If either of them did like exactly the same kind of milk toast lib shit but were they were like this had this guy's personality how much fun that would, would that be so awesome Warren, uh, Warren, Warren Buffett is standing outside of my house blaring the Gilligan's Island song <laughs> on loop yeah you holding know, up Warren a boombox Warren Buffett basically doing what Tony Soprano did to get a good deal on a beach house um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's check out this article. A dispute between Bond King Bill Gross and his next door neighbor over a $1 million outdoor sculpture has devolved <laughs> into police calls to their respective Laguna Beach mansions. Imagine mm. being those cops. It's so just cool. having to sort out this kind of like <laughs> just billionaire anti Facebook bullshit. I hate it when it when it when a Steven Seagal in a police tank busts through the side of my billionaire mansion and runs over my dog. <laughs> um, Gross and his partner, former uh, professional tennis player Amy Schwartz, are being accused of tech entrepreneur Mark Tofik and his wife of harassment. Oh, name and fucking intentional, name. An intentional infliction of emotional distress. The cause: a twenty-two foot long blue glass sculpture installation. And Wait, what? What does cool. this blue what does this installation look uh, like? I have to see. I, I invite you to look I invite you to look at this look up Bill Gross glass installation because my um my internet oh, is yeah, very slow when I'm running the okay. Bill Gross oh, glass that is, installation. Is that two million dollars? Uh, just the one million. <laughs> wow. Oh, still, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. That, that so is cool. that is fully a your partner has gotten into glass blowing on a workshop. <laughs> oh, yes. oh yeah, it's not. God. It's not good. Whenever it's I look at it, well, yeah, whenever I look at it, my third eye like just starts twitching a little bit. So, <laughs> mm. oh, thing, Bill right? Gross looks a bit like Christopher Walken. 
<laughs> my wife, she's been buying glass sculptures. Uh, the, the do you guy like, that would you like to come to my house and take a look just, at my glass? You're, you're, the guy that he's allegedly tormenting, by the way, is the SVP of digital technology and experience at PepsiCo. Awesome. <laughs> my neighbor. Yeah. My neighbor, he's a he's a piece of shit. Okay, um, I'm having a dispute his, with his, him. His Twitter his Twitter account at Taufik says he is passionate about helping the advancement of humanity, and he has locked his account, possibly because yeah. Bill Gross is fucking oh, cyber bullying this he, nerd. He said something about Jungkook and the stands came <laughs> from. Yeah, Bill Gross is like the K-pop of the finance world. Like a bunch of children absolutely flexing on this poor. Soda company dipshit. Yeah, well, it's it's he's people. A billionaire. They like to make fan cams of me uh, on the internet. <laughs> he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire who is flexing on this mere millionaire. Um, <laughs> that is a flex. At issue this time is an artwork that can be lighted at night and features cobalt-colored reeds stretching ten feet in height, swimming marlin, and globes inspired by traditional glass blown glass Japanese mm. fishing floats. It was created by uh, Dale Chaluli. Chili, whatever his name is. Dale Chihuly? Yeah, Dale Chihuly. I know, that's, I, yeah. that's actually a famous artist, <laughs> and it looks like shit. An artist, they got the an artist whose striking blown glass work adorns the ceiling of the Bellagio in Vegas. So he just awesome. got some cool. like, Vegas I, I, window I, dressing shit in his lawn. I mean, like, I, I, he, there's, there's also... Even. There's also a Dale Chihuly, like a massive Dale Chihuly, uh, um a chandelier in the V&A in London, which is an enormous pain in the ass to the people who have to clean it because it's like balloon animals. <laughs> and if you fuck with it at all, it's just going to shatter. Oh, it's like yeah. a real Dean Koontz. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Wait, Dean Koontz, what the... I, the I know, the that I, that's a reference to the other time we confused. Who, who the, the, the sculptor's called something else, I know, but oh, it's Jeff, similar, Jeff, Jeff Koontz. Yeah. But I think it's funny to say that it's Dean Koontz. <laughs> 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 it makes, makes the big metal balloon animals. People say we don't we don't explain our riffs enough, but you know if I don't I get it, then you I'll didn't know who Dale Chihuly was. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't like that. Uh, yeah. I don't like too much contemporary. Oh, I, I hate it. I hate it. But like, I know who the dude is. <laughs> yeah. So the sculpture was installed in 2019, but the dispute only began when Gross and Schwartz installed netting all around the work to protect it after it was damaged. So here's the thing, right? Oh. You spend millions of dollars getting this like artwork that belongs in. A uh, Vegas uh, in, in a Vegas hotel, uh, mm. and then you basically do the outdoor artwork equivalent of keeping plastic on the couch because it got damaged, and declare yeah. war on your neighbor for your right to do so. Yeah, whereas actually you should be keeping cl- plastic on your couch for reasons of the ritual. <laughs> uh, so Gross and yeah. Schwartz say that in a lot in a lawsuit that fifty thousand dollars worth of damage was caused by a thrown rock as evidence of an oh, escalating shit. campaign of vandalism. Oh, no. Absolute oh, like James Elroy shit. Yeah. Laguna so any, Beach confidential. Was there any rope tied to fence? Uh Tofik and his wife say it was probably damaged by something falling on it. <laughs> um so this is very funny. Uh, redacted emails uh, re- released to the Times by the city of Laguna Beach indicated someone associated with Gross and Schwartz told the code enforcement officer the netting was needed to protect trees, protect the sculpture from trees, and that an errant palm frond already caused $100,000 <laughs> worth of damage. What? <laughs> my neighbor. How my you- neighbor, he thinks he's a funny guy. He's trying to turn my trees against me. 
Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh what's He's that? throwing what's, rocks what? at my glass so what's, sculpture, what's, but I'm going to have that? the last laugh. What's that you're saying? Hottest impression of 2012? Oh, you have to leave. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, and no, not good enough to roast me, Riley. <laughs> You're gonna have to do better. Can get his ass. <laughs> so Tofik and his wife say the lawsuit in the lawsuit that the netting was at first removed intermittently, but remained up, which mm. caused Tofik to call his city, which inspect the pro, which uh, to inspect the property, which caused them to send Gross a letter telling him the netting, lighting, and sculpture all lacked proper permits, leading only to the quarrel to escalate. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> so, little review. Imagine I, lo- being... I love. I love the most powerful people in the world getting into like boundary disputes about their fucking sculptures. Yeah, like That's king my of the hill favorite shit. Yes, I, absolutely. I, what I love though is that there's like Bill Gross probably has a neighbor on the other side who is just enduring this Gilligan Island nightmare <laughs> for no reason, for no reason at all. Just innocent bystanders drawn into the billionaire crossfire. Look, I look. All I wanted was to take a uh, lovely vacation in a private island with a bunch of teenagers whose parents don't know that they came with me um, to perform a very strange ritual. And this guy keeps playing Gilligan's Island, and it's really disturbing the vibe. <laughs> I yeah, should have got a Gilligan's Island a, drop. How does the Gilligan's Island theme to, uh, uh, go? We, we can make that the end, end credits music for sure. Yeah. Me and some uh, teenagers so are going to my private island to make a fan camp. Uh, so. Uh, basically, at this point now, Tofik's lawsuit accuses the grosses of playing blaring music at all hours, including the Gilligan's Island theme song, as well as rap and pop. So I don't know, maybe Damn. he was playing. K-pop. I want to hear about this rap. The three yeah. genres. Hey, I he mean, look playing- to be to, to be fair to him, like the new Machine Gun Kelly, Ale- uh, uh, like uh, the new Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> album, is like not that bad. It's it's not great, but it's not that bad. He's he's just playing Drake's Fire in the Booth <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. He's, pl- he's playing XXX Tentacion, and now I feel less alone, which makes me worse mm. at investing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go on, uh, Shavis, I want to throw I want to throw to you. Um, okay, how do you feel about this show, about this so far? About this th- them using uh, the CIA sound weapons against one another? I mean, it, it has a certain dimension to it in that i imagine now i could be wrong i imagine that bill gross is at this house when he's playing the gilgan's island theme song mm. oh you would imagine wrong oh always oh, oh he just leaves uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yes king shit well i mean i well, i mean i i am well i thought i thought in my naive day <laughs> That Bill Gross was going to be, you know, in for the long haul. Like, if he puts on the Gilgas Island theme song for four hours, like, he's going to be there to control yeah. it and shut off at any time. He's meditating. It actually helps him. Yeah. But I, I um, imagine, like, this is, this is just so, this is just advanced pettiness on a scale that I was not able to conceive of before. <laughs> Because That's rich people, why we're not billionaires. Yeah, rich Mr. people are, Tobik, are you familiar time. with Gilligan's Island? <laughs> 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 have you have you heard of the special song that they play? <laughs> You're going to become very familiar, sir. Very familiar indeed. I can give you some a more information. Um, the grosses are in the house for twenty five days a year. Um, okay. <laughs> it's awesome. a vacation Why home. Why are we dedicating so much of this time to this? Because <laughs> it, the, the blood feud. Yo, you are literally outside. Oh my god, that's like 
I'm sorry. I go. I go way too far away from the mic. I. 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 I, I yeah. Oh my god. You're blown away. You just probably need to like lean back across a room. I mean, mm. that is that is. The, I'm, it, why is? But he's only there for twenty five years. So why does he? Why does he care? Wait, does he leave on the lights for like three hundred twenty five days? First of all, probably. Second yeah. of all, it's the principle, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you have you have fucked with his Dale Jaholi, and for this, he will drive you into ruin with the Gilligan's Island theme song, rap and pop. I I'm checked so, up uh, with my Dale Chihuly once. It's never been the same again. Uh, so, uh, basically, well, he said that, oh, I, this is just me listening to music at a normal volume with my partner uh, in an email that was uncovered yeah. um, as part of like discovery in this lawsuit. Uh, he said to Tofi, quote, peace on all fronts or we'll just have nightly concerts, big boy. <laughs> big boy. <laughs> He's the, the coolest billionaire. He's, this man is 76 years old. Jesus. And yeah, he's 76 he's, years cool. This guy rocks. Yeah, yes. This is, yeah, he is the best. He's the best guy. Um, yeah. I want him to be my grandpa. Yeah. So uh, he also has gone on a full offensive legally as well, saying that uh, Tofik has a particular fascination with the two of them and likes to watch them when they swim. Uh, and to record <laughs> oh, cool. uh, oh, when I see Bill Gross, I'm just, I'm, I'm just taken aback. Yeah, let's see. When I see Bill, join when me, I see Bill join Gross, join me my, in the water dojo, Mister Tofi. <laughs> <laughs> when I see Bill Gross, my, uh, my little halo thing, it records some uh, interesting uh, uh, heartbeat palpitations. You know? Oh yeah, the brain um, helmet would be very useful here. They could have group yeah. therapy together via Zoom. <laughs> uh, uh, however, Tofik admits he made videos, but only to record their harassing noise violations and their intrusiveness. <laughs> Nerds, <laughs> Mr. Tofik, this video clearly zooms in on Mr. Gross's penis. <laughs> um, and when asked why he bought the statement at all, what, so Schwartz then issued a statement saying that the dispute was very upsetting because the sculpture. Um, was bought for her by Gross because her mother was sick, which is amazing rich people sociopathy. Like, hey, sorry awesome. your mom's sick. I got you the thing from the Bellagio. Yeah. We're going to look at it for 25 days a year. Yeah. <laughs> and when we're not here, I will just be on my phone remotely triggering the Gilligan's Island theme yeah. for the 26th time that day. Like, I've, like, always said, I've always said that smart homes are stupid and useless. I now realize I was no, wrong. We have found levels of bullying we didn't yeah. even know were possible. This guy is living out the Vice article about playing It's Not Unusual and then What's New Pussycat 52 times on the <laughs> oh, yeah. jukebox. He's in he's in uh, his mother-in-law's hospital room, but he's just like taking breaks from like hand holding and refreshing the water jug to like connect to the Sonos in his long in his Long Beach home <laughs> and just play <laughs> the fucking Gilligan Islands theme tune again. Um so uh the uh, Schwartzman went on saying, Since I have no children on my own, these art pieces are like my babies. My mother, who has mm. Alzheimer's, um He uh, does and, have children. Who's a mother? He has a son who he hates. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is Schwartz. Uh, this is oh, his sorry. third wife because all his other wives hate him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Sorry, because you know, really, it's are you saying the guy who declares all-out Sonic War to like defend <laughs> some hotel lobby art he bought for a property he's almost never in is going to be hated by his ex-wives? No, hmm. hard to believe. Um, 
So uh, yeah, it says that it, it's her favorite color and makes her smile. Uh, so hmm. yeah, that's um, cool. <laughs> that that's that that's what it is. Uh, they <laughs> that neither the, the legal battle is only escalating with them trying to take out restraining orders on one another and file civil harassment orders on one another. Uh, and um, uh, <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, Gross is trying to seek for uh, further proper permitting, and neither of them are willing to be interviewed. <laughs> There is also, there's another bit in this article, very quickly, that's about Bill Gross's divorce, his second divorce, uh-huh. <laughs> where his, his ex-wife, his second ex-wife, sued him, uh, accusing him of turning over a second Laguna Beach home to her in utter chaos and disrepair, including infusing it with puke and fart smells dispensed from spray bottles. Awesome. Gross admitted last year that he bought the spray at a drugstore, but was not sure why he did it. What yeah. kind of drugstore sells fart spray? Like, uh, what? Laguna Beach. He's Laguna just Beach. going to the, the joke drugstore. Like, the drug, the <laughs> drugstore run by the joker. joker. Yeah. Yes. This, this he is has the become man. the Joker. You know the how storm. I got this sculpture? <laughs> the thing is, he beca- actually he became the Joker in the 1980s when he and Michael Milken more or less like invented junk bond investing and sort of created, let's say, many elements of uh, this or many, created many of the specific elements of the financial system that brought about the two, 2008 crisis. Um, <laughs> and this is just a continuation of that. Like this man's life has to be understood as just weaponized spite. And one time, one expression of that happened to make him a billionaire. Yeah, and the others, it made him extremely funny. Um, that, yeah, and so uh, he, um, he even Puke like when and he, fart smells. Well, what I like is when he left, when he like acrimoniously left Pimco, uh, he basically made the other executives sign um, a, a sort of statement that he was very committed to charity and a good person. Wait, wait, wait. I'm finding more details about this. This was a, a 13,819 square foot mansion, and he placed dead fish in the air vents. Yeah, he's a prankster. He's the, he's the, <laughs> he's the prankster billionaire. Um, An uh, installation of cats with their facial features scratched out? Oh, cool. That's right. Uh, yeah, he's mm. just, yeah, he's so cool, isn't he? Yeah, uh, we we love Bill Gross. Uh, I think he's, he's very cool to think about, uh, and I wish him luck in his uh, prank war again. First on the global financial system, and basically everyone, and now on mm. this guy. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Narrowing Our theme song is Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, um, I do a little a little bit of by way of wrapping up. Uh, firstly, Seamus, mm. uh, I'd like to thank you very much for calling in today uh, and talking to us. Oh, it was an honor. It is always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, it was an honor, sir. To have you back on again <laughs> soon. Uh, and to all our loyal listeners out there in podcast land, uh, maybe now who have a few extra pounds a month, uh, don't forget we've got a Patreon. Uh, you can subscribe to that. That is uh, linked in the description as our other different worthy things. Um, Join us on the Patreon. We upload all kinds of episodes there and also music like the Gilligan's right. Island theme tune. <laughs> that's right. The, the, the Gilligan's Island theme tune by Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads. Um, not many <laughs> people know that was, uh, Johannes Vonk got famous for writing the Gilligan's Island theme tune. Uh, but uh, I think all that, all that remains to be said now is yes, our theme song is the Gilligan's Island theme tune 
by Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads. And uh, yeah. we will see you on the Patreon in a couple of days for Balthazar Speedboat. Later. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this tropic boy, a boy this tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailor man, skipper brave and sure Five passengers set sail that day